it seems like there are two things that go together, Quakers and simplicity. For that matter, I think the whole idea of simplicity has somewhat lost its power and its opportunity for transformation in our life. We think about simplicity or being simple. We think of a simple meeting house with no adornment, no symbols, no fancy furniture, no stained glass. I just described the meeting house that we're in. It's very plain and simple to look at. And that offers something very powerful. It means that we worship God with no obstructions. We don't have to go through anything. We have this direct experience with God. But we can also, and Quakers have a tendency to do this, to get very sentimental and talk about how quaint and charming simplicity is. We may think about Quaker gray or not indulging in extravagant things, all very meaningful and all very powerful. But it runs the risk of reducing simplicity, I think, to this very small and narrow application, at least in my life. I don't know about yours. I think the idea of simplicity and simplifying has so much more to say to our lives and living here in the present and in the now and in this current day-to-day reality of our life. This past week, I came across a book by one of my favorite authors who, whenever he writes something, I read it because I always know that I'm going to get something out of it. It's going to teach me something. I'm going to learn something, and I'm going to be a better person for it. His name is Bill Hybels. Now, you may not know him. We probably don't read the same stuff. But this guy pastors a church of 20,000 in a suburb of Chicago. It's not a Quaker meeting. Probably you can tell by those numbers. He's been there for probably 30 years or so. Started out of a theater in Chicago, just grew and grew and grew. Now, you probably think this guy is nothing more than some high-octane corporate type of pastor. But I've always been very challenged by his approach to the spiritual life. Even a person who pastors something that huge, how he brings it down to a place that truly speaks into my life in terms of the spiritual journey and leadership. But here's the thing. The recent book that I picked up had one simple title, Simplify. Simplify. And I sat there and I chuckled to myself as I saw it, and I thought, you know, here it is again. Somebody who pastors out of another tradition, a much bigger meeting, and he is preaching to me, or writing, what we probably should be telling everybody else. The power of simplicity and the power of simplifying. But what he had to write, and I, I always tell Linda this, and I think she thinks that it's a ruse on my part, but it was a godsend. I sat down Friday afternoon and just began soaking some of it up. And he began challenging me. Let me do a reality check. How many of these words describe your present reality or have recently? You're exhausted. You're overwhelmed. You're overscheduled. You're anxious. You're isolated. Maybe you're even dissatisfied. Now, if all of those described you, I'll meet you immediately following meeting for worship, all right? And we'll pray. Maybe they described you now, maybe they have in the last few weeks. Maybe it touches us all 
at different parts of our journey. Now, these are not conditions that can necessarily be addressed with plain Quaker gray or the non-use to stained glass windows, but these are conditions nonetheless that the whole vision of simplifying our life and living a life of simplicity can address. They're conditions that are addressed by this holistic vision of a simplified life, a life that's active and fruitful but finds ways to be replenished and energized. Simplicity doesn't have to be a term or concept that we get sentimental and wax romantically about, but something that's real and powerful and invites us into a whole different way of living. Now, this passage that Jonah read, let me share it again. This is all that I've learned. God made us plain and simple, but we have made ourselves very complicated. The writer of Ecclesiastes recognizes that we have been made plain and simple. Not simplistic, but we were made and invited to live a life of contentment, of peace. And this is how he describes it earlier in his letter. Here's what I have found out, he writes. The best thing we can do is to eat and drink and enjoy what we've worked for during the short life that God has given us. That is our fate. If God gives us wealth and property and lets us enjoy them, we should be grateful and enjoy what we've worked for. It is a gift from God. Since God allowed us to be happy, we will not worry too much about how short life is. You notice how much the writer acknowledges that life is a gift. When we receive life as a gift, we're much more content than if we think life is a competition or one in which we have to drive harder and harder to get more. When we lose this vision of a simplified life, we tend to forget that life is a gift to receive, a gift to enjoy and share with others. Rather, we may see life as a competition whose value is measured purely in our productivity. All along, we begin to have this feeling of entitlement, and we feel as if life owes us more, and we demand more from life, others, and ourselves, and it leaves us exhausted, frantic, anxious, out of sorts, and overwhelmed. And I'm just going to ask you some questions along the way this morning, and you can answer them inwardly. But maybe how you respond to these questions will begin to tip you off as to where you are. So the first question I have is, do you long for a simplified life? Do you long for a life that has an element of simplicity to it? The next question is this. Are you willing to make the necessary changes to see that happen? That's where I found the difference for me. I long for a life of simplicity. I long for a life that's much more simple, that breathes energy and life and joy. But when I'm asked, am I willing to make the necessary changes, then that is a game changer right there. Because what I find is sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I'm not ready to make the hard choices. I'm not ready to make the hard changes. Sometimes I'm not ready to make those hard decisions. Bill Hybels writes this. Simplified living requires more than just organizing our closets or cleaning out your desk drawer. It requires uncluttering your soul. By examining core issues that lure you into frenetic living, by eradicating the barriers that leave you exhausted and overwhelmed, you can stop doing the stuff that doesn't matter and build your life on the stuff that does. God made us plain and simple. We have made ourselves very complicated. Now, we may do it consciously. We may do it unconsciously. But chances are we end up complicating our lives in very small and sometimes very large ways. Whatever areas or ways we complicate our lives, 
a vision of simplifying our lives invites us to make those choices, sometimes very hard choices in the areas that have begun to complicate our lives. Now, directly or by default, we're choosing to live a simple or complex life every day. If your life is rushed or stressed or complicated, you may feel the circumstances or fate have somehow trapped you in this crazy lifestyle. But I would challenge you this, to look closely at your life and see how often your choices are dictating the simplicity or the chaos in which you live. Because I really believe if we're honest with ourselves, we can see that at least to some extent we are choosing our way into the complicated conditions that confound us. At the very least, we are not choosing to live a simpler way. It ends up being my choice and how I structure my life and how I order my life and how I choose to live each day. The situation I found myself on Friday, as I was preparing these thoughts, and quite honestly, reading this book was almost comical. It was about 12 noon, and I had a conference call. So I was on this conference call, conference call on my cell phone. And as I was on the conference call, I had the book in front of me because I had the cell phone on speakerphone so I could lay it down here on the desk. So I I was listening to everything that was being said. I didn't have much to offer to the conversation, so I didn't worry about it. So I just listened. had the cell phone on speakerphone, listening to the conference call. I had the computer up and on because I was working on some stuff for this weekend. I had the book to my left because I was trying to get some notes And then the landline at the office rang. And all the while, I'm working on what? A message on simplifying. I sort of had to just call a time out right in that moment and thought to myself, how ironic is this? That I am working on a message of simplifying, and I've got about four things going on here at one time time, and neither one of them has my best attention. And it really called me out when about 50 minutes into the conference call, I hear on my cell phone, so what are your thoughts, Scott? (laughs) I agree. I've listened and everything you said, I'm all for it. I'm not quite sure what I approved of, but they seem to be pretty pleased about it. Now, again, that's just to make the point. All of that was my choice. Not a very good choice in that moment. I complicated my life in that moment just by the choices that I made and whether I was present or not to life. How do you complicate your life? Our complications may include this, saying yes to things that are not truly priorities in our lives or they don't need to be priorities in our lives which invites us to give careful thought and prayer and reflection as to what our priorities need to be. But do you ever say yes to things that you really don't want to say yes to? Do you ever agree to do things that you really don't want to do, but you do it because you simply don't know what it is you want to do, and it's hard for you to say no? We complicate our lives sometimes by spending more than we take in, spending more on things we can't afford or we don't need, and we complicate our lives with debt. Now, that's a tough one, because sometimes there's shame and guilt attached to that. 
sometimes because of that shame and guilt, we buy more stuff. It's called retail therapy. But then we complicate our life because once we do that, once we have all that stuff, we basically become a slave to the lender. And now we've complicated our life even more. Sometimes we hang on to bitterness and grudges, thinking that somehow I'm going to teach that person a lesson if I just hang on to this bitterness, if I just hang on to this grudge. I'm going to teach them a lesson. In reality, they may not even know anything about it. The only person you're probably hurting is yourself and myself. And we complicate our life by hanging on to old hurts and nursing old wounds and just coming up with ways to get back at somebody. Sometimes we complicate our lives by being run by this out-of-control schedule because we have allowed others to control it, or we've allowed lesser priorities to control it. That's one thing I've begun to learn with my schedule. There's two people who can control my schedule, myself or others. And if I get to it first, chances are I'm going to be the one that manages it. But if I allow others to get to it, and I start getting it over my head, then others begin to manage my schedule for me. And sometimes we complicate our lives by remaining in unhealthy or toxic relationships that simply don't breathe life into us. I've learned a very hard lesson in the last few years. It took me a while to learn this, but I've learned that sometimes some relationships just don't last forever. Some do. Some are for a season. In some relationships, I've had to let go because they just weren't breathing life, and I thought I was putting more of the energy and work into it, and the other person wasn't. And I finally just said, I don't need this complication. I thank God for this person in my life, but I realized it's time to move forward. Then I needed to find relationships that did breathe life into me, people that were willing to invest the time and the energy and the presence to share life where we could mutually encourage one another. But moving from uncomplicating our lives to simplifying our lives is possible. It's very possible. But i got to warn you, it's hard work. It involves making choices and taking whatever steps we need to move in this direction. And it takes an inward look. It's easy for me to blame the complexity of my life, the outward environment. It's easy for me to blame all the complexity of the outward stuff when in reality, as Bill Hybel says, it has to do with uncluttering our soul to take an inward look. By the way, this isn't a commercial, but next Saturday, as you saw in the bulletins, uh, the worship bulletin, I am taking or whoever wants to go leading a retreat at St. Francis Prayer Center um, in Stoneville, North Carolina. Uh, it'll be from 9 to 4. It's just $25. It gets your lunch, use of the facility, and the meeting room that we'll be in. Uh, we'll leave the meeting house here at 8.15, get back a little bit after 4 o'clock, and we're just going to spend a day together going over some of this kind of stuff, learning how to unplug, learning how to be present to life, learning how to take some time for silence. If you've never been to St. Francis Prayer Center, it's a beautiful, beautiful retreat center there in the woods of Stoneville, North Carolina, walking trails, uh, just a gorgeous place. Um, only 15 spots. There's about five or six folks that have already said they want to go. So if you don't want to go, email me, talk to me. All right, done with that commercial. But the invitation is, again, that's a choice that we make. 
It's not about whether you want to have attendance at a retreat. It's not going to make my ego any better or any less. But what I'll say this, some may say, well, that's $25. Yeah, that's about five lattes. That's about a couple books. Sometimes we make the choices that we make on what we spend. And this may be a good investment for you just for the day to get reoriented. Let me ask a few questions and then we'll close. Do I long to simplify my life? Do I want to simplify my life? Am I willing to honestly face the factors that are complicating my life and am I willing to name them? Now that's the most challenging part. I know what they are in my life and I'm willing to name them. But the third question is the harder one. Am I willing to make the necessary changes? Am I willing to make the necessary adjustments in my life that I need to make in order to live a more simple life? Doesn't mean I'm going to sell my house. Doesn't mean I'm going to give up my cars. Probably doesn't even mean I'll give up cable or my cell phone. But it does mean that I will need to adjust how I live, the priorities I set, the vision I have for my life in order to bring my life into a much more healthy pace, into a pace that is sustainable, into a pace in which my life can flourish and those around me can flourish as well. Over the next few weeks, um, I want to take this journey with you. We'll see how long, but this journey of simplifying and what does it look like in a very practical way with our schedules, with our calendars, with our relationships, with our money, all the ways that we may tend to complicate our life and what action steps can we take in order to simplify. God made us plain and simple. As a writer of Ecclesiastes says, but we have made ourselves very complicated.